classic example of this is the Peloton Christmas ad, you know, from several years ago, where in the ad, you know, a husband buys his wife this Peloton exercise bike, and she spends her time on the bike and, and vlogs her exercise, and then compiles it for her husband and thanks her husband and, and says how much it's changed her. So these are two contemporary examples of global major brands that have completely missed the point here and are living in the past. And I know, Michelle, you've talked before about, you know, the Mad Men era, it's still prevalent, it's still here. And there's a lot more that has to happen for us to get past that, for us to have the understanding necessary. But we can also talk about the impacts and the effects of this, because this is not just something that's offensive. There are uh, deep-seated effects here when you think about the number of advertisements and marketing messages that people are seeing on a daily basis, you know, the average woman sees 400 to 600 advertisements per day. Uh, and by the time a girl reaches her 17th birthday, she sees, you know, quarter of a million ads. And, and those are outdated statistics. So it's likely much higher now. So this has a dramatic and meaningful impact on the way that women are acclimated in society and, and how they grow up and what their expectations for themselves and for each other are. And uh, the effects here are terrifying to think about. And when you look at how little progress we've made, uh, it's very disappointing because there's so much work to be done here. I'm your host, Michelle King, joined by Kelly Thompson, and you're listening to The Fix, a podcast that shares the stories of remarkable people who are innovating and taking action to advance equality in the workplace and beyond. In January this year, the government in the United Kingdom released a stay-at-home COVID-19 advert that had illustrations of women undertaking a range of domestic responsibilities like ironing, homeschooling and cleaning, while the one male featured in the advert sat on the couch. The government were forced to withdraw the advert for its sexist depictions of women. Sexism in advertising is an issue that's been around as long as the advertising industry has. Organisations like the Advertising Standards Authority in the United Kingdom are tasked with spotting and removing sexist adverts. But often, by this point, it's too late. The message is already out there and the damage is already done. To combat sexism in advertising, we need to arm ourselves with the awareness to spot adverts that reinforce negative stereotypes across all areas of difference. In today's episode, Tim Parkin, global brand and marketing expert, author, and speaker, will be joining us on the show to discuss why it is that in 2021, there's still widespread sexism in advertising and what we can do to tackle this important issue. In 2016, the Advertising Standards Authority, or ASA, launched a project to consider whether better UK regulation was needed to address gender stereotyping in adverts. Other countries with rules on this issue include South Africa, France and India. But Norway leads the way, having had rules against sexist ads since 1978. America rather lags behind. The ASA report found that gender stereotypes have the potential to cause harm by inviting assumptions that might negatively restrict how people see themselves and others. 
But at the time, the ASA was only able to intervene if an ad caused serious or widespread offence. The hurdle was pretty high. So the ASA and its sister organisation, the Committee for Advertising Practice, or CAP, decided that tougher regulation was needed. And in June 2019, they introduced an additional rule against ads which include gender stereotypes that are likely to cause harm, a much lower bar. So what kind of ads are likely to cause harm and potentially fall foul of the rule, risking an ASA ban and the expensive pulling of a media campaign? One example is an ad mocking a man for undertaking so-called female roles. Or how about showing a man with his feet up, family members creating a mess around the home and a woman with sole responsibility for cleaning it up. Or an ad which intimates that a person's happiness is dependent on conforming to the idealised gender stereotypical body shape. All of these could be problematic. really we haven't come far at all and another classic example of this is the peloton christmas ad you know from several years ago where in the ad you know a husband buys his wife this peloton exercise bike and she spends her time on the bike and and vlogs her exercise and then compiles it for her husband and thanks her husband and, and says how much it's changed her so these are two contemporary examples of global major brands that have completely missed the point here and are living in the past. And I know, Michelle, you've talked before about, you know, the Mad Men era, it's still prevalent, it's still here. And there's a lot more that has to happen for us to get past that, for us to have the understanding necessary. But we can also talk about the impacts and the effects of this, because this is not just something that's offensive. There are uh, deep-seated effects here when you think about the number of advertisements and marketing messages that people are seeing on a daily basis you know, the average woman sees 400 to 600 advertisements per day. Uh, and by the time a girl reaches her 17th birthday, she sees, you know, quarter of a million ads. And, and those are outdated statistics. So it's likely much higher now. So this has a dramatic and meaningful impact on the way that women are acclimated in society and, and how they grow up and what their expectations for themselves and for each other are. And uh, the effects here are terrifying to think about. And when you look at how little progress we've made, uh, it's very disappointing because there's so much work to be done here. If you thought sexist advertising was a thing of the past, you're not alone. With all the corporate focus and public commitments to diversity and inclusion, it's easy to believe that we've come a long way. But tackling our sexist beliefs requires more than lip service. Here, Tim explains why gender denial is a key issue when it comes to advancing equality in advertising. In terms of the denial, there's a lot of reasons for that, but there's really two camps that I put people in. The first is ignorance, and the second is intolerance. So some of this is just intentional. And if you look in the past decade or so, you see Super Bowl ads and ads from major brands who made some obvious decisions to play on these stereotypes and to incorporate and use sexism. And I won't name too many names here, but uh, you can think of some already, I'm sure. The other group is ignorance. And unfortunately, there's no excuse for ignorance. There's no excuse for either group, but ignorance is not a pass here. And so companies need to realize that this isn't a checklist that you just go down and say, you know, we've included some women and, and we have diversity, et cetera. That's not enough. That's not sufficient. This is a much more deep-seated issue that needs to involve education 
and transformation. And so uh, when you talk about the window dressings, I think that's a good uh, analogy because a lot of companies, you know, check these boxes and think that they've done enough when really they haven't. And we can dive deep into this, but beyond just the advertisements that the consumers are seeing, you have to step all the way back to the beginning. A marketing campaign, an advertising campaign involves a lot of time, an intense amount of planning, and you know, hundreds of people saw this and didn't speak up or spoke up and were, and were silenced. And so this is the issue. It starts from the beginning. And I think companies need to realize that beyond just checking these boxes and making sure that they think it looks okay, they need to have some feedback from the people that matter, and in this case, women. And you know, they can be sensitivity panels, but that's not enough still. Uh, women need to be involved in senior leadership positions within these companies. And that's a culture shift that we're seeing progress in and we're seeing happen. A lot of my clients you know, have women in senior leadership positions and senior marketing roles, which is excellent. But these companies need to listen to them. It's not enough still to have them in those roles. The company needs to listen. And there's absolutely no excuse for some of these things to be uh, published. So in terms of the denial that's happening, I think companies have seen traditionally that this works, right? It's easy to look back at the campaigns of the past and just copy those. I mean, it's lazy, but it's working for them. And in terms of short-term gains, unfortunately, the culture that we live in has not yet fully caught up. And there's a segment of people who think this is you know, humorous uh, or who benefit from it or who it doesn't affect. And so therefore, brands and companies continue to use these tactics. And so some of these campaigns that you see come out today are just updated versions of campaigns that ran in the past. And there's two reasons for that. I mean, the first is that the influencers of this generation are just copying what they think is classic and iconic uh, from the past. You know, you think of the, the Ogilvy and, and the major advertising you can remember from the past of selling vacuum cleaners and TVs. But also there's young marketers who are new in their roles and again, are just kind of you know, following in the footsteps of what came before. If you think about the Mad Men era, you know, this has been dramatized and also encouraged in a sense with the, you know, the TV show and, and bringing awareness to that and making it seem like a macho thing to do, you know, that this is how advertisements happen. Well, it's not, and it, and it shouldn't be. And I think also peer pressure has worked for a long time. It's easy and predictable. And again, it delivers short-term gains to show judgmental ads that convince people that they're inadequate and that they're not enough and that they need these things to become what they're supposed to be. And psychologically, uh, this influence is effective, and that's why brands and companies do it. So I think those are the main two reasons. You know, one, it's it's lazy, and two, it's effective, unfortunately. But in addition to realizing the need to change, I think brands need to also recognize that there are positive benefits if they can adjust socially and culturally. But in addition, if they step out of this, there's positive impacts for the brand, not only in terms of the recognition and the leadership that they can create, but also to their bottom line. And so we have to move away from being judgmental to being aspirational. As we saw in the government advert Michelle mentioned, in society, women are commonly portrayed in caretaker roles, and men as the daily breadwinner out at work. Worryingly, we also see heteronormative and gendered stereotyping directed at children. Girls are depicted caring for dolls and boys outside with other boys, often playing sports or shooting toy guns. In the book, Brandsplaining, Why Marketing is Still Sexist and How to Fix It, Jane Cunningham and Philippa Roberts coined the term sneaky sexism. 
Their research showed that this sort of subtle sexism is still very much out there, despite progress made in removing more obvious stereotyping. For many, insidious sexism like this can go by unnoticed. Others see it as harmless and ridicule those that disagree for being woke. But alongside selling a product, persuasive adverts can also be selling the message to young girls that when they grow up, they're expected to take their place in the home as mother and housewife, whether or not this is what they want. This is terrible for young girls and also harmful for young boys who are being sold the idea that women are supposed to be homemakers and that men are supposed to be hyper-masculine, strong, fearless leaders. Exposure to subtle forms of sexism like this can be hugely damaging for children of any gender. With a diet of drip-fed gender inequality, many children learn to understand that they have roles to live up to and that these roles depend not on their skills, values or what brings them joy, but on what society puts inside the box labelled with their gender. It's sad for girls, bad for boys and damaging for gender non-conforming children. Here, Tim unpacks the cost of sexism in advertising. The cost is massive. And and again, it's terrifying. And the consequences here are huge. Women, men, children, they all learn about their roles from advertisements and from the media. And it affects everything about them, right? So it affects their self-image. It affects you know how they perceive their place in the world. It affects the type of career that they think they can go into. It affects their interpersonal relationships. You have to think again about how many advertisements and how many messages we're seeing. And when the majority of those uh, are negative or portraying these sexist roles or portrayals, that's incredibly damaging because that's being reinforced on a daily, if not hourly basis for women and children. And, you know, personally and and somewhat selfishly, perhaps, you know, I have a young daughter and, and I agree with you and I hear you that. I want her to grow up in a world where she realizes and believes and knows that she can be, you know, who she is and whatever she wants to be. And for brands and companies to have the audacity to tell the consumer who they are and who they should be, I think is ludicrous. And what we need to do is brands need to move away from having this power and authority and dictating, you know, how consumers should be and instead really put the consumer first and let the consumer dictate to the brand who they are and be represented through the brand as a channel rather than the brand identifying, you know, in most cases, a single sole identity of, you know, who a woman is and and what she does and what she can do. Given the commercial and social costs, sexism in advertising is a critical business issue. Here Tim shares what leaders can do to solve this problem. There's a couple leaders in this space and we need real leaders We need brands to step up and to put a flag in the sand and say, follow me and look how it's done. And there's a couple companies that have done a great job with that. You know, Freedom Mom, Third Love, Dove, Nike. So Dove is is a classic example, you know, with the real beauty and the pledge that they made. Their pledge is visible on their website, you know, and, and they're very transparent about it. And they'll never use any models. They introduce women by their real names. They have broad diversity. Really, you can go read the whole thing. It's it's amazing to see the transparency they've created and also the effort they've put into it. And they've been rewarded handsomely for it. I mean, let's not discount that. They're doing the right thing and they're profiting from it. And that's what brands need to realize, that this isn't an either-or decision. This is a both. You have to do the right thing and you will you know be successful as a result. Nike is another a great leader. You know, Recently, they put in an ad 
about mothers as athletes talking about, you know, what is an athlete? It's someone who moves. Uh, it's someone who perseveres. It's someone who's strong. It's someone who listens to their body, et cetera. And so resonating that an athlete isn't a stereotype. Women and mothers in particular are definitely athletes. So we need real leaders. That's one. And we also need to move away from, again, being judgmental in the advertisements and the campaigns to aspirational. And I think, you know, Dove and Nike are good examples of that. We certainly need more representation. We need more representation uh, in the advertisements themselves, uh, but we also need more representation inside of the companies. You know, again, women in senior roles, women who have the uh, ability uh, to speak up and to call out these things and to be heard and listened to. I think that's, again, one of the biggest issues. Uh, having the representation is one thing, but if women still don't have the voice that they need, uh, then it's not going to be as effective. A lot of people talk about legislation and recently, you know, the ASA in the UK banned some ads for, you know, gender stereotypes and the like. That's good. And I think the legislation, the guidelines are all helpful, uh, but they're not enough. Again, that's more of the window dressing type of effect. And the problem is that those are just band-aids, right? So this is a deep-seated issue and some of it is, has a gray area. You, you can't define it necessarily because there's so many facets to it and it, it is represented in so many ways. And especially on digital, you know, things are changing and how we communicate changes so quickly. So I think the legislation is good, uh, but it's not sufficient. And we can never settle for just guidelines and legislation. We need education. Uh, we need people to become informed. We need that representation in the advertisements, in the campaigns and inside of the companies. And finally, you know, we need people like you, Michelle, on this podcast and other influencers to be making this aware. There's a lot of great foundations uh, and great organizations that are doing their part to make this aware, uh, not only to the brands and the companies, but also the consumers. Consumers are fed up with this. And the statistics show that women are underrepresented and they know that and they're not happy about it. And so we need to raise this to a level where it's deafening so that actual change happens. Noticing inequality is the first step in tackling it. It's not just companies, though. Individually, we can each make it a practice to call out sexism in advertising and raise awareness of the problem. And particularly those who work in this field, so to quote Lin-Manuel Miranda, are in the room where it happens. In terms of checking the signs to see if your advert is, is sexist, there's a couple of things you can do. The first, again, is to have women uh, in your organization and, and let them speak into this. And ideally, they would have been involved from the beginning. And that's number one. Number two is, again, to have sensitivity panels uh, or focus groups, if you will. There was one article I read where this company ran a sexist billboard and the owner said, well, you know, I asked my wife, I asked my kids and, and they didn't have any issues with it. Well, that's not enough. You know, you need you need a good size of people here to get some feedback. I mean, some things are pretty obvious, like the COVID ad that you've mentioned, but you need to, you need to ask people and get it in front of them. Uh, if there's any hesitation that you have that it may be sexist, it probably is. And it's better to be safe than sorry. But if you have any doubt, asking people and getting feedback from people is the easiest step. And it's inexcusable if you don't do that. Uh, in addition, you know, I think the, the education here, becoming informed is a key part of this. You gain a nuanced perspective when you start to see some of the more subtle ads of, uh, of a sexist nature. For example, there was a Volkswagen ad that was banned in the UK. Uh, or maybe it was Europe. And the ad basically shows, you know, two men in a space station floating around, a man doing something at work, and then the car drives by and you see a woman sitting on a bench with a stroller. 
And so again, this portrayal of, you know, the standard expected, you know, stereotypical roles. And so that's kind of more subtle uh, form of sexism. You know, at first glance, you may not realize what's happening if you don't have this level of awareness. And so I think becoming informed and seeing some of these problematic campaigns uh, and doing this on a quarterly or, or annual basis at a minimum, especially if you're the ones producing these campaigns, again, you need to develop the sensitivity. And that's something that it's going to take time to change. There's no blueprint. There's no checklist. Really, people need to have their, their hearts and their minds opened uh, to what the issue really is. And if you're not a woman or if you're not you know, the one being represented, it's hard to see that. And so we really have to lean into the people who we're trying to represent and make sure that they feel heard and seen. The book I mentioned earlier, Brandsplaining, Why Marketing is Still Sexist and How to Fix It. The writers spent 12 years researching the extent of sexism in advertising. Their findings in relation to women's depiction are illuminating. First, they found an underrepresentation problem. Women only make an appearance in one out of 10 adverts, even though they make three quarters of all consumer purchases. Worse still, even when women do appear, 25% of the time they're sexualized and 85% of the women featured in adverts fit the prototypical image of a slim, attractive, usually white-skinned woman. Women deserve better than this and so do we all. This call to do better also applies equally to other outdated stereotypes like maintaining the status quo of hypermasculine or heteronormative depictions of society. The key to solving inequality is recognizing it. And every one of us can call out inequality when we see it and arm the next generation with the awareness and tools to do the same. Removing sexism in advertising and in all areas of our lives is really about freeing ourselves from having to live up to archaic gender stereotypes that narrow our horizons and serve us all poorly. Before you go, just a quick reminder to check out the 100 Actions for Equality campaign, which provides 100 ways you can take action every day to create a more equal working world. Just visit www.100actionsforequality.com. Thank you for tuning in to our episode today. If you're interested in partnering with us or being a guest on the show, then please reach out through our website, thefixpodcast.org. You can also sign up to our weekly newsletter and contribute your story there. Thanks again, and I'll catch you all next week.